So as I mentioned in the, uh, the announcements, it's, uh, it's really good to be back. And, um, you know, I hope last weekend, you, you know, many of you, you had a good 4th of July. You had a, a good, uh, good time. It's always a uh, difficult day for me. Perhaps the toughest, most difficult day of the year, really. But uh, by God's grace, I get, he, he brings me through it every, every year. But of course, it's a good time, isn't it? It's, you're celebrating your independence from Great Britain. The only country in the world with great before its name. <laughs> you're celebrating your freedom from the colonial and the imperialistic reigns of the British Empire. Largest empire the world's ever seen. But freedom, right? You're celebrating independence, you're celebrating freedom. It's one of America's most cherished values. Especially personal freedom, right? We're really big on personal freedom and individual liberty, aren't we, here in, here in the U.S.? But have you ever thought to ask the question, well, what is, what is freedom? Because, you know, when we read the Gospels, Pontius Pilate, when he's talking to Jesus before he's crucified, he asks Jesus this question, doesn't he? He says, what is truth? But we don't find anywhere in the Gospels where somebody asks Jesus directly, what is freedom? What is freedom? And yet we know Jesus came to bring us freedom, to set us free. And so today we're we're beginning a new sermon series um, that's called Life by the Spirit. And it's going to be based on what we just read. That was an overview of the whole passage that we're going to be working our way through over the next probably four, possibly five weeks It's Galatians 5, uh, verses 13 through 26. Um, We're going to be talking about a lot of different issues, right? For example, you notice there was a mention a lot there about the term flesh, right? And the spirit and how there's a contrast there. Well, we're going to be learning what do those words really mean? Because the flesh means far more than just the body. As as we immediately jump, well, that's what it must mean. But there's there's much more nuance to it. And we'll we'll get into that over the, the coming weeks. But for today... Our, our message is going to be just on one verse. It's going to be on verse 13. Which we just read. It said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So our, our, our sermon title today is, What is Freedom? And if we look at that verse and what Paul just said there, he begins with a statement that implies some very significant things. Paul says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You were called to be free. All of us were called to be free. So what does that mean? What does that imply when Paul writes that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it's implying that maybe we're not free. Because we're called to... But we're not free. And secondly, it suggests that we have a calling on our lives, which is to be free. So we're not free necessarily, but we are called to be free. It's one of the callings in our life. And from that, there are two questions that I want to explore this morning. First one is, what are we called to be freed from? Or of. 
And then secondly, what is freedom? We're going to begin with that question first. What is freedom? Um, because there's, there's a world's definition of freedom, what our society and our culture defines as freedom. And then there's, there's a biblical definition of freedom. And <clears throat> as you might guess, they're somewhat different. They're actually quite different. And so I want to take us through that. I want to take us through how culture and society, how we see freedom from, say, a world perspective, a a secular perspective. And then I want to show us, well, what does the Bible say about freedom? So let's begin with uh, the world's definition of freedom and specifically how our society, how America culture tends to view and understand freedom. Uh, Dictionary.com gives us three basic definitions of freedom. First one it says is freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Secondly, it says freedom is the absence of subjection to foreign domination or despotic government. And then thirdly, it says freedom is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Now, for all intents and purposes, the type of freedom that we tend to relate to most here in Western democracies and constitutional republics is the first definition. That's what we're going to be sort of focusing on here, right? Which is the power or the right to act, to speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Now, as I said, here in the U.S., we we place a very high importance on freedom, especially personal freedom. I mean, think about it, the the national anthem ends on that triumphant note, doesn't it, of land of the free. Some of you know the national anthem. (laughs) Land of the free, home of the brave. Land of the free. It was President Franklin D. Roosevelt that articulated what we call the four famous freedoms. Freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. When we go back to that first definition I just gave you from dictionary.com, the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. When you look at that, (coughs) excuse me, I'd say that from that you can get at least three kinds of freedom. And I want you to hear these because uh, we're going to break these down and then we're going to look at the same three kinds of freedoms from a biblical perspective, right? So these three freedoms are freedom from, Freedom to, and freedom to be. Okay, freedom from, freedom to, and freedom to be. So freedom from, what, would, what kind of things would that include? Well, that might be things like freedom from restraints. I don't have any restrictions in my life. Freedom from the constraints of society. Freedom from persecution. Freedom from oppression. Freedom from bullying. Some want freedom from the law, from the law of the land. You know, one of the reasons that uh, we see crime, right, uh, crime on the rise and things like that is that there are those in society who want to be free from the restraints of what the law says we shouldn't do. That's why people, some people are like, well, why shouldn't I steal from that store? Why, why shouldn't I 
stab or shoot or beat this person up. It's my freedom. What about freedom too? Freedom too. Well, we can think of this freedom as the freedom to do whatever we want. You ever found yourself saying that? I, I want to I be free to do whatever I want. I want to be free to do whatever I want with my life and in my life. And this can cover all kinds of things, right? We talk about wanting to have uh, financial freedom. I want to be financially free. Having enough money to be free to do what I want, or at least not to be constrained financially. We want to be free to work the hours we want. Ever felt that? You know, I, I want to set the hours. I want to have to go in today. I want to sleep in. And it's funny, isn't it? Because since the pandemic, <coughs> people are kind of like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to set some hours here. <laughs> We want, the, we want the freedom to work the hours we want. We want the freedom to live where we want to live. Yeah? We want to know that we, we can live anywhere we want to if we so choose. For many, free, uh, for many right, this kind of freedom looks like being free to um, have sex with whoever you want. Right? I want to be free to do that. So we have things like Tinder and, you know, Dating apps. It's my choice. I, w- I wanted the freedom to do that. You know, it's interesting because um, this is what underpinned much of Sigmund Freud's work. You heard the name Sigmund Freud? You know, he, one of his big things was that the ultimate freedom for humans was sexual freedom. That was the, the biggest freedom we could have was sexual freedom. And anything that suppressed that was a form of oppression. This was, this was Freud's big thing. And, you know, today, many people in the public aren't that particularly familiar with Freud's work. We may have heard the name, right? But what we don't realize is that his influence on our culture is massive. It's massive. It's part of our psyche. It's part of how we view and understand life. It's part of how we see freedom. So we have freedom from restraints, constraints, things like that. We have freedom to, to do whatever we want, to act however we want. And thirdly, we have the freedom to be. Now this is a big one in our society today. This is, this is huge, right? The freedom to be. Think of this as, as the freedom to be whoever you want to be. So... <clears throat> One way of thinking of this is, um, if you want to be an astronaut, you want to be an international soccer player, then you should have the freedom to be an astronaut or an international soccer player, or at least have the freedom of opportunity to try to be that. The freedom to be is why we often hear this phrase today, you can be whatever you want to be. You ever hear that floating around? Teachers say it to kids all the time. You, know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be whoever you want to be. It sounds very encouraging. But again, it's connected to our idea of how we, how we see freedom. You know, it's this, it's this concept of freedom, how we understand freedom, actually, that, that undergirds um, quite a bit of the transgender movement that's uh, very prevalent right now. 
right? Because the, the idea is that we should be free. We should be free to identify as a woman or a man regardless of our biology. Because that's freedom. That's freedom of expression. And it's, it's connected to how we understand freedom today in the 21st century. How we, from a, a world perspective, understand it. So do you see what I'm trying to do here? I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is paint a picture of how our society understands freedom. I'm trying to give you a little uh, sample of a worldly perspective on freedom. And it's really, it is connected to some of the biggest issues in our society today are our sexual identity and expression and our gender expression. They are some of the culture's hottest topics, aren't they? They're, they're front and centre. And it, it's all connected to how we understand and how we see freedom. Now all this, it, it leads to a question. And the question is, is all freedom good? Is all freedom good? Is, is ultimate freedom in all things, is that a good and is that a noble pursuit? Because we know freedom's good, Right? Well, listen to what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 23. Paul says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Well, a simple way of paraphrasing, translating that verse is this. Just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should. Just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should. And, you know, when I think about that expression, I think about that phrase, one of the things I immediately think about is all this work and advancement going on in the tech world with regards to AI, like artificial intelligence. And you hear how they're, they're building these robots and things, and the, these, this artificial intelligence, which is getting smarter by the day. And I'm thinking, did none, did none of you watch Terminator? Terminator 2? Skynet? Right? Skynet has become self-aware. Cyberdyne systems, hello? Just because we can doesn't mean we necessarily should. I don't know about you, but I, if I'm going to Market Basket, I still want a real person I can talk to while I'm bringing up my groceries. I don't want some robots saying, have a nice day. You know, but... Just because we can doesn't mean we should. Right? Just because we can create biological weapons and nuclear weapons, does that mean we should? Perhaps there is such a thing as too much freedom. Now maybe that sounds like a threat to freedom when I say that. Well, as it turns out, freedom has always had two great threats or two enemies. There's two enemies of freedom, and it's legalism and license. Legalism and license. They they operate at opposite ends of the spectrum, legalism and license. Legalism will tend to stifle and suppress freedom, right? Legalism gets to a point where it says this is how things are done. This is how you must think, this is how you must speak, this is what you must read, this is how you should act, and if you do not conform, you disappear. 
That's legalism. Legalism often leads to dictatorships. And by the way, the same things happen in churches. Churches can veer towards legalism or towards license. So what about license? Well, license is the opposite. License is an overabundance of freedom that leads to the abuse of freedom. And if you dare suggest that there should be limits, perhaps, to some kind of freedoms, that there should be self-control and what have you, then you too will disappear. The Oxford Dictionary, it defines license as, quote, liberty of action, especially when excessive, disregard or propriety, abuse of freedom. Abuse of freedom. So license, is, it's, a, it's abuse of freedom. Do you realize that freedom can be abused? And if you look throughout history, if you look at societies and civilizations, you will find that there's a pendulum that tends to swing back and forth between legalism and license. And what will happen in a society or a civilization is one will act as a reaction to the other. One will act as a correction to the other. So you get to a point where things have got so legalistic, there's a dictatorship, and then what happens eventually, the dictatorship is toppled. There's a return back, and then what happens is society gradually gets more and more and more, more licentious until social fabric starts to disintegrate, and then there's a pull back towards we need more law and order. We need to, and you see how the, the pendulum goes back and forth throughout history. I think it would be fair to say that right now, our society and culture is definitely in a licentious period. We're, we've got so much freedom... Well, March 2020 actually changed a little bit of that, didn't it? <laughs> it reminded us how fragile freedom actually is. But in general, we, as Americans, have so much freedom and so much license that we're, we're starting to get to that point of abusing it, aren't we? And we're starting to perhaps find that too much license might not be a good thing for our thriving. There always has to be a balance between freedom and self-control, self-discipline. Because, as Paul says, not everything is beneficial. Not everything is constructive. So as you might expect, the biblical concept and definition of freedom is very different from the world. That's a little snapshot of how the world defines freedom. But I want to take us to now, like how, how does the Bible, how does Scripture define freedom? And this is where I've been wanting to lead us this morning, is to start understanding freedom from a biblical perspective. Because, you know, as your pastor, a big part of my role is to help you understand the world and your place in it from a biblical perspective, from a godly perspective. And, you know, that... That is so needed in our churches. It's so needed in our culture because more and more too many of us who call ourselves Christians are taking our cue from the world instead of what scripture, what God's word has to say. So my role is to keep, try and keep steering you back because we all naturally drift, myself included, because society is all around us. The Bible is only there if we open it. So listen again to verse 13. 
You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. So as I pointed out earlier, Paul, he's making the point that there is a calling on a life, and that calling is to be free. You really are called to be free. And, you know, we all have a natural yearning to be free, don't we? Nobody wants to be enslaved to anything. Nobody wants to be imprisoned. We, we want to be free. And you know why? Because it's embedded in our nature. Humanity was, it was originally created by God to be free. We were created to be free. He created us with free will so that we could freely love and freely be in a relationship with God and one another. Talked about this before. You can't do those things if you don't have the freedom to choose to love somebody. It's not love. And we all yearn for freedom because it's what we were created for. And yet deep down, for many of us, there's, there's a deep discontent, isn't there? Because many of us know that we're not entirely free. We have all kinds of things that enslave us, that hold us captive in our lives. I mean, do, do you ever get the sense or, or the feeling that something is holding you back or that you've not reached your full potential yet or there's just this, there's just this discontentment in you that you can't quite explain? Well, it's because there's a level of freedom that you may not have tasted yet that comes from Jesus through the Spirit. You see, when the, when the Bible talks about freedom, it's not talking about the freedom to do whatever you want or be whoever you want to be. No, it's talking about the freedom that Jesus bought for us on the cross. Until the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we, we were estranged from God. Separated from our Heavenly Father. Have you, have you ever been, uh, or perhaps you are estranged from somebody in your family? You ever experienced that? You're estranged from somebody in your family. You know, a number of years ago, this happened with me and my sister. It was, it was the strangest thing because my sister and I were very close. We're two, only two years apart. And we went through this period where she, she wouldn't pick the phone up. She wouldn't call. She wouldn't reply to my texts. And I had no idea what it was about. And we ironed it out. I still have no idea what it was about. But during that period when I was estranged from from my sister, who I loved so dearly, it was horrible. It was this sickening feeling that was with me every day because I was estranged from my sister, from my family. It's a horrible situation. And that that's the reality we're in without Jesus, is that we're estranged from our Heavenly Father. We're estranged from the Heavenly family that we're called to be part of. And that's why there's a little discontentment in you. That's what it is. It's like there's a relationship here that needs to be mended. But you know what? Our God is not a God of estrangement. No, he's a God of love. He's a God of reconciliation. And he's a God of freedom. And so he sent his Jesus, his one and only son, to what? To set us free. Galatians 5 verse 1. Which we didn't read today, it said, 
It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And if you put your belief and faith in Christ, then trust me, you can and you will experience a freedom that this world cannot offer you. Well, what kind of freedom are we talking about here? Well, just like we talked about the freedom from, the freedom to, and the freedom to be that the world has to offer, well, they also translate into godly and kingdom values too. So let's begin with what are we free from? What are we free from? Well, we're free from the power of sin and death. We're freed from that. We're no longer under this curse of death. We're no longer under this death sentence, right? We're free. What else are we free from? We're free from the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough for God. He'll never accept me. You don't know what I've done. But God says, you are good enough. You're more than good enough. You're beautiful in my eyes. You're beautiful in my eyes because you've been cleansed, you've been washed clean, and you're justified, you're righteous. Because when I look at you, I see the perfection and the beauty of my son, Jesus. That's what God sees when he looks at you. When you've said, yes, Jesus, yes, I love Jesus, yes. He said, God looks at you. He says, I don't see what you see. I see beauty in you. I see the perfection of Jesus in you. Romans 8, 1 to 2 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You're free. You're free. And it's the Spirit who gives life. You know, um, some of you may remember this. It was about a year ago. And um, I'd shared with you that I kept seeing the number 812 everywhere. Every time I look at a clock, it'd be 812. I'd, I'd see it on a sign outside. And I, it's funny, I know some of you keep seeing the numbers 1111. For me, it was 812. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look through Bible verses. See, see, 812. Does any of this connect? And I came to John, Gospel of John, verse 8, chapter, two, no, chapter 8, verse 12. It was Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not live in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I shared that message, one sermon in July last year. And there was a young man called Joe. You know Joe, some of you know Joe. And the light bulb went off for him. Because 812 was significant to him. And it helped just push him over the edge to say yes to Jesus. That, that was very, very significant. I know that was a message from the Lord. I thought after that, I was like, well, obviously, okay, the Lord, he got me seen out 12 for that purpose. So that Joe would happen to be there that day that I share that message and bring him to him. And I, I thought that was the end of it. But guess what happened? I kept seeing 812. And I still see 812. Almost every day. And I was asking, okay, Lord, what is this? What Now what is this? And it was, it was like a, a shot from the Holy Spirit said, have you ever thought that it might be Romans 8 verses 1 to 2? 
There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me be honest with you. As your pastor, I still struggle sometimes with feelings of condemnation. of feeling like I'm not good enough. feeling like I'm not meeting the mark. I'm human like the rest of you. And to me, this was a reminder from God, a daily reminder, that I'm not condemned. That I'm free in Christ. And that's not just for me, that's for all of you. We're free. Now, what are we free to? Well, we're free to say no to sin in our life. Jesus says, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. We're still enslaved by sin when we keep having sinful patterns in our life. But in Christ, we're no longer slaves to sin because we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us to resist the sins and the temptations that Satan puts in our path. You know, I was um, quite often... Saturday evenings, I go to Barnes and Noble, Noble, and I finish up my sermon. And I was there last night, and I finished up my sermon a little early, so I thought, you know, I'll just have a quick browse around some books. And, and I, I went up to uh, the, uh, the religion section, and <laughs> it's funny, it's right next to the New Age and the occult section. You know, it's like, you know, what's it going to be? And I, I saw a couple of teenage girls in the occult section, and they're looking at books on, on witchcraft and wicker and all this kind of stuff. And I just thought, oh, Lord, if they only knew the true power, they only knew the power of the Holy Spirit and how all this other stuff, is, it, it's counterfeit. It's, it pales in comparison to the power of the Holy Spirit. But we're free to say no to sin in life. We're also, we're free to serve. Yeah, verse 13, there's, it says, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. So we're free to serve one another instead of always serving ourselves. Now we want to serve others. And yes, we are free to love one another as God loves us. Lastly, what, what are we free to be? Well, we're free to be loved by God and accepted into his family. Galatians 3.26 says, So in Christ Jesus you are children of God through faith. You are children of God. Romans 8.15-16 says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that you are God's children. So we have the freedom to be who God created us to be, which is part of his family, loved and accepted forever. So yes, we we are truly free when we accept Jesus. That's where we find true freedom. And that's where you actually find your true identity. It's in Christ. That's the biblical definition of freedom. And most importantly, it's an eternal freedom. It doesn't just last for your lifetime, which is over in a blink, but it's for all eternity with God. So, I want to I conclude by us declaring together some truths 
that are a fact when we find freedom in Christ. And um, this is an adaptation from um, Neil Anderson's Steps to Freedom in Christ. And what I, what I want us to do, I, I know some people find this cheesy, and I understand if you find it cheesy. But I want us to affirm some truths together that I'm, I'm going I'm to read and, and then have you repeat about who you are. And if you're here today and, or you're watching online and you're like, I don't, I, I don't know where I am with this whole Jesus thing. I, I'm not comfortable doing this, whatever. That's fine. Then just, just listen. You don't have to say these things if you're not sure about them. But for the rest of us, I, I want us to declare these truths together because there is real power when we as a body, as a community of faith, declare these truths and we declare them corporately and we declare them together. Okay? So I'm going to read them and I just, just shout them back at me if you feel that conviction on your heart. Are you ready? I am accepted. I'm a child of God. I'm Christ's friend. I've been justified in Christ. I've been bought with a price and belong to God. I am a saint. Really? I've been adopted as God's child. I've been redeemed and forgiven all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I am free from condemnation. I'm assured that all things work together for good. I am free from any condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I am a citizen of heaven. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Three more. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's pray.